This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's Friday, December 1st, and we're talking some Tigers baseball. We bring in Tigers reporter for MLB.com, Jason Beck. Jason, thanks as always for taking the time. And so now it's December 1st, you know, the offseason in full swing, the winter meeting's two weeks away. So I wanted to ask you right out of the gate here, if we take a step back and look at the Tigers, if we're looking at a rebuilding process, where does that stand? Fans kind of want to know what's, where are things going, what's the direction, and where are they right now in that rebuild mode? Well, I think right now you have to look at it and say that you know, they're still in the early stages. Uh, you, you're, you still have some veterans on the roster that are left over from the window of contention, guys who at some point or another, either through trades or just through free agency or whatever, are going to end up working their way out. Um, Yankins are being probably at the top of the list, but other guys beyond that. And you haven't yet seen, I think, for the most part at least, you haven't seen the guys who are likely to be a part of that next window in which you're hoping to contend. So you know, right now, really, you look at it and, and the teardown's still going on. Uh, the developmental stage, I think, is to come. You know, you'll probably start seeing the early stages of that here in the near future. Really, you can kind of look at it in some cases like, like Candelario at third base. In some way, for some guys, it's already going on. But I, I think really that developmental stage is going to be picking up once they stock up on some more prospects and once you start seeing some of those prospects they pick up work their way up into the big league club later on next season or, or in 2019. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too. You talk about fans sometimes get a little impatient, but in order to rebuild and renovate, you have to tear down a little, and you got to get to that point before you can really lay in the foundation to follow through with that analogy. So, as you said, they're still kind of going through that, but they do still have young players that are making their way up. One of those guys, 25-year-old infielder Dixon Machado, um, you wrote about him earlier this week, I believe, and he was named Tigers Rookie of the Year by the Detroit sports media. But a bit without a position, it seems like his natural fit might be shortstop. Where do you see him fitting in uh, next year and down the road? Well, I think it depends on what the Tigers do here in the winter meetings and later on this offseason. Uh, he's somebody you could slot into second base if and when the Tigers trade Ian Kinsler. But his more natural position is shortstop. That said it's a tougher scenario to see Jose Iglesias getting traded and opening up that spot. Uh, it's, you know, they, they tried to dangle him out there on the trade market last off season. And, and again, this past summer and really didn't get much interest. Uh, could that change here with teams looking for short term fixes with short? Yeah, it could, but he's still a guy where it's, 
it's hard to see a match unless a team that has thumbed their nose at them uh, in the recent past changes their minds and looks at some value there. Uh, but he's he's in kind of that weird area where the Tigers see him as their shortstop of the future, but he there's not a shortstop opening quite yet. And because he's out of minor league options, they can't have him developing down in Toledo like he had been. He, he really was almost like a Rule 5 pick uh, this past season, even though he wasn't the official Rule 5 pick. But they had to keep him in the majors because they didn't want to lose him. And they thought that if they put him on waivers to try to designate him for assignment, that uh, some other team would claim him. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, when you're out, out of options, you, you got to play him somewhere, and he's got to stay with the big league club. So, yeah, that'll certainly be something to figure out, and I guess you have to wait for other dominoes to fall, like with Ian Kinsler. And let, let's stay on Kinsler and some of the veterans on the team, Nicholas Castellanos as well. Um, what other potential trade scenarios do you foresee, perhaps, coming up in the offseason with the winter meetings two weeks away? Because the Tigers definitely have some valuable assets in, in veteran players, so... Um, what, what could you foresee happening there? Well, it will be interesting to see if anything develops with Shane Green. I know he's only been the closer for a couple months now, but before that, he had a very good half season in his setup role, really seemed to embrace that relief mentality after converting there full-time. And I think part of it's a product of a market where there's just so many teams looking for relief help and Green carries the appeal that he's had some recent success and he, he projects to be a pretty effective reliever, but he also has the appeal of three years of team control, which is something that really no other guy that the Tigers could dangle out there carries that appeal short of Michael Fulmer, who's really more of a wild card now. Um, so they didn't get a whole lot of interest over the summer in green, even though they were willing to listen on him, which was, was kind of surprising. I bet that changes this winter. I just don't know if they could get enough interest now to where they'd be willing to do a deal now rather than waiting until next trade deadline or next offseason to do something. Time's really on their side. But that window to where teams could get three years of green with some cost control might be appealing for a team to do something. Uh, and as I mentioned, Michael Fulmer is kind of the wild card in this whole thing. You know, there, there were certainly teams interested last summer. The Tigers would have had to be overwhelmed. I think they still would. It really would take quite a package. But that said, he's really the one player out there on their roster who could draw the type of prospect package that could jumpstart the rebuilding process, kind of in the same way that Chris Sale was, was the guy for, for the White Sox to do the same thing last winter. Uh, I'd be surprised if something happened, but I bet we hear some buzz about that during the winter meetings. Yeah, and I mean, it's all it's tough for fans to sometimes stomach that, that too, when you lose a player like Fulmer saying, hey, he could be part of the cornerstone of the rebuild process, but when you can get back prospects like you said if he could command that type of package then it's certainly worth it for the team to really to really look at uh you also mentioned relief pitching that uh the tigers avoided arbitration with reliever blaine hardy he signed uh, a one-year deal uh by the time people hear this 
um, tonight is the trade, uh, the the non-tender deadline tonight. So people kind of know what the Tigers have decided to do. But six other players eligible for salary arbitration. What do you expect uh, the Tigers to do with those guys uh, by tonight? Well, I mean, I think Nick Castellanos is going to be sticking around, but it'll be interesting to see if any teams try to express some interest in him as you know, a, a right-handed power bat who still has a couple years of control. If you're going to deal a guy like that, he's not going to be part of the rebuild because you know, he's going to hit free agency before you can realistically expect this team to contend again. But he's still young, you know, just 25 years old. I would suspect that they'll listen on him. I just don't know if there's going to, you know, what type of interest is going to be out there. But he might be a surprise deal. Maybe not right now, but maybe later on in the offseason once we see what happens with guys like Jim Carlos Stanton and, uh, you know, maybe some uh, Otani, maybe some other hitters. He might be kind of that sneaky young power bat. They could be on the market. They could draw some interest later on once some other teams have sorted out what they're doing. J.D. Martinez, another piece that might have to fall before we kind of see if there's a market out there for him. Um, Bruce Rondon's kind of that guy who's been frustrating Tigers fans for years now. He's been the Tigers' closer to the future for like five years running. Uh, I don't think anybody expects him to to be the, the closer anytime soon. But he's still a power arm, and he's still just 26 years old. So he's a guy who's hard to let go of. But the Tigers have to figure out what they have in him. Um, he's gotten second chances and been frustrating for them in so many different ways. He was so frustrating this year, they didn't even give him a September call-up. So it's uh, you know really, if, if they hold on to him, it's kind of one last shot to see if he can, you know, React to be, you know, getting a fresh start with a new coaching staff. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with some of these guys, even those who stick around. Jason Beck joining us here, and then Jason, as we as we wrap things up, I've just been asking everyone. Obviously, the hot button topics now: John Carlos Stanton, and of course Shohei Otani. And Otani today it was decided twenty million dollar posting fee for any team that would want him and it seems like every team would want to be in on this 23 year old sensation uh two-way prodigy if you will um not necessarily that the tigers or would be the appealing case but just your overall take on otani and the way the way you see that shaking out i i, I can't see the tigers being involved on that honestly i mean there's certainly some appeal there you, know, you, you get to get a guy like that at this stage of his career that talent level while getting six years of team control, certainly there's an appeal there, but it's you know there's so little history with the Tigers and Japanese players. They've always been averse to the posting system. They've never gone all in on a guy like that, and there, there's no real history there. Even though I think it goes overlooked that you know, Detroit's actually a more diversity than people give it credit for. There's a lot of different cultures, depending on which neighborhoods and which suburbs you go around. And there is a far Eastern population here. It's just doesn't, it's not nearly as prominent as it is in cities on the East or West coasts. But because of the various industries here, especially the auto industry influence, there's kind of a quiet, um, you know, far Eastern population here. So, 
a signing like that certainly would be an awakening for that segment of Detroit. I just all the different factors and the Tigers being so far away from contention, it's hard to see that happening. Yeah, definitely seems unlikely, but you never know. And this whole process certainly fascinating to follow through the offseason right now, as are the Tigers, and to see how they continue their their teardown and rebuild and that whole process. Jason, thanks so much for the time. As always, we'll check in with you again soon. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Absolutely. Jason Beck joining us here. Thanks for tuning in on MLB.com Extras. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.